coming live from New York City. It's Caleb and Jamie. Hi, everyone. We have a new feature. You can sign up for email updates to get weekly reminders about our new episodes and an inside look into every episode. Just go to tinyurl.com slash justwhatever. That's tinyurl.com slash justwhatever. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Just Whatever with Jamie and Caleb. Here we are. I'm drinking some whiskey, and Jamie is... Sitting without a drink. How sad. What are you drinking? Coffee, maybe? It's probably your morning commute. Or maybe it's your midnight commute. Maybe you're drinking on your commute. Please don't Please do don't that. drink and drive, but if you're on a train... Or someone else is Please driving Please don't it. drink and drive the train. <laughs> don't drink and drive the train either. Um, okay, well, I'm not drinking anything. Maybe you're drinking coffee or water or something else. Did you know that as of this, it is currently Saturday, May 18th at 12.20 a.m. It is 19, oh, I guess it's 20 minutes into World Whiskey Day, and I am drinking... A whiskey of the world. Oh, so is, cheers to what me. What whiskey are you drinking, Caleb? I am drinking Old Granddad Bonded. What's bonded versus unbonded? Because here bonded, I am thinking about so chemistry. Bonded whiskey is not a chemistry term. Bonded whiskey, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher the rules, but bonded whiskey was a way to um, basically verify that you were getting a quality spirit back in the olden days. Ooh, a quality spirit. Ooh. Well, Not what you meant. Right. No. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for a quality spirit, I guess I would probably recommend uh, Stolas or the ghost of my grandfather. <laughs> You can reach him at 382-647-85. I'm a ghost, motherfucker. (laughs) That's a long phone number. I don't think that will work. Is Is that like a Canadian number? Well, if if you don't have the I'm a ghost button and the motherfucker button on your phone, you're shit out of luck. Oh, maybe you get that in the afterlife. Yeah, that's when it comes around. Okay, so what does bonded mean? You're getting a quality spirit? Bonded means uh, that the whiskey you are drinking has been aged for four years. Okay. And that it was distilled by the... I can't remember. The fairest of them all. Uh, Snow White. (laughs) If only. She probably made um, some really great whiskey. Um, All right. Here we go. It's been... What are they, though? It's very confusing, that much I've learned. It is pretty confusing. It was an act. It was a legal act created in 1897. Was that before or after Prohibition? Before Prohibition. When was Prohibition? Early. Prohibition was like the 19... Like... Tens. Okay. Um, But to be labeled as a bottled and bond or bonded whiskey... It has to be the product of one distillation season, either January to June or July to December, by one distiller at one distillery, 
has to be aged in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision for at least four years and bottled at 100 proof, 50% alcohol. Okay, there's some chemistry here. So distillation, let's talk about that. What's distillation, Caleb? I don't know. You're the chemist. You tell me. Oh, so why don't you ask me? (laughs) You just asked me. If you really want to know, it's when you uh, distill things. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So distillation is a process by which you can separate liquids um, that are mixed together. So they're homogenous. You can't tell the difference between them. Um, These liquids are mixed together. They are what we call miscible, which means that they dissolve dissolve in each other. And you separate them by their boiling point. So you set it, basically you set up this huge apparatus Um, And all these liquids that are in a mixture together, you set it to a specific temperature and certain um, liquids will boil off and certain others will not because they um, will not boil at that temperature. And then you can separate out um, different liquids. So that's how you distill. Um, Yes, that is how you distill. And to tack on to that, I really wanted you to talk about how to distill and not me because... You're the chemistry person, and also I just kind of wanted to listen to you talk about it. Oh. Um, <laughs> but within the, specifically within the alcohol-making process, uh, in order to create a liquor, you ferment a sugar, and then you let it sit, and then after it's done fermenting i guess sitting fermenting it's the same fucking thing um (laughs) i'm gonna update the chemistry here once caleb's done talking uh but anyway you distill it from the wash to form the actual liquor uh and distilling is an interesting process for many different spirits um in order to actually get the quality part of the spirit, you don't take the beginning of the distillation or the end of the distillation process. You get the heart. They call it like, especially with whiskey, they call it like the heart of the... The truest believer. Yeah, basically. It's like the heart <laughs> of the whiskey or whatever, and that's what you want. That's the good part. Everything else it's just like a little too alcoholy tasting. Um, yeah, and we wouldn't want that in our alcohol. No, you wouldn't. <gasps> Did you know that uh, whiskey is just uh, distilled beer? Distilled beer? Yeah, beer oh, okay. and whiskey so how are they basically make... the same. What are they made from? Barley and wheat and grain or something? Grains. Um, a lot of whiskey is made with corn. Um, you get a bunch of different types of grains that are used to make whiskey, but it's the same basic thing with beer. Mm. Um, um, so let's talk about fermentation. This is Jamie's chemistry corner. That's a new segment in our podcast. I guess fermentation. So. You finally, have your own corner. I do finally. Except we thought it was going to be reading old tweets, which maybe we'll bring in eventually. Um, there's a lot of embarrassing ones. Spoiler alert, and a lot of cringy ones. Um, so fermentation is a type of organic reaction. And when I say organic, I don't mean like, oh my God, my lettuce is organic um, because it all is organic because organic really means carbon-based. That's what it means chemistry-wise. And all of this, my tomatoes and my produce are organic, are 
like facades and it's just a ploy to get you to buy things that are more expensive when really it's all the same damn thing. But anyway, I'm going on a rant. My oh point my is... God, if you really want to rant, let's rant. <laughs> the, um, uh, I, f- <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole episode on this because I'm reading this book, Food Fight, and I want to read it first. But like, it's about that. GMOs and all of that. We um, could do that episode right now. We don't have a plan for this episode yet. We're just We talking. do, but we're talking about like the chemistry and we're t- of like you know making beer and spirits you know what's funny is i'm pretty sure that this is on the list of like episode ideas it is <laughs> okay it's so funny because like we have a whole running list of episode ideas and before we started this episode i was like caleb which um which episode should we do and he's like i don't know i don't like any of those ideas they're all stupid and then here we are Doing one of the ideas without realizing well, we were. Well, this isn't even what I wanted to talk about. Well, we'll we can, get to what I want to talk about to. later. But, um, uh... but anyway, so going back to fermentation, um, it is an organic reaction, which means it's carbon-based. So you take a sugar with some type of catalyst, and we'll talk about what a catalyst is in a second. Um, sugar... Is Hermione a catalyst? She is a feline that speeds things up, a catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you think those jokes are lame, try being one of my students in my class because that's an actual joke that I told my students. Um, I tell my students chemistry jokes almost every day. But anyway, fermentation. Back to that for the third time. <laughs> um, so you take some sort of catalyst, which will speed up this reaction. And generally, it's like yeast, which is a pretty good um, organic catalyst. I get well. I would say organic. Well, I guess I would say a biological catalyst. Let's say that. Um, or you can take like zymase. You could take any sort of enzyme. And I'm gonna get Caleb Fireball because that's what he's asking me as he types that. Um, anyway, you take the sugar and you put it with some yeast, and then what's gonna happen is you're going to produce ethanol which is ethyl alcohol, which is the alcohol that um, we consume. And there are many... (laughs) There are many types of alcohol, but ethyl alcohol is the one that we consume. We can talk about that more later. Um, And you also get carbon dioxide. So this, like, mixture will, like, foam and froth and create all this CO2. And then I guess what you're saying is then you distill that mixture with the ethanol and CO2, and there's... Yes. Likely some other stuff there, too, that you distill off the actual um, That is true when you're distilling. Now, it's interesting that we talk about the CO2 because when you brew a beer, mm-hmm. when you're done brewing it, then you then it goes into a container that has like a, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's a certain type of valve that actually lets the CO2 escape, but it keeps the container sealed. Hmm. Um, and so beer just ferments and then when it's done fermenting, that's when you add, you bottle it and then into the bottles, you add the sugar and that's where the, uh, carbonation comes from. Oh, cause you like re-ferment it or you're. No, it's not re-fermenting. Oh, it's, you, you are doing the fermentation. Yeah. The fermentation it. happens. Then you put it in a bottle with the sugar that gives it the carbon that but then you're re-fermenting the, then if you're producing more CO2. Well, I guess so. Then sure. Oh. But it's completely sealed. And that's how the carbonation occurs. At least that's what I learned from my 
few uh, attempts at home brewing, although I always overcarbonated the crap out of my stuff. Oh, yeah, and exploded everywhere. But it tasted okay, didn't it? I mean, it, yeah, if you got the bubbles to go away after the like hour that it took to um, so yes, so, I'm a failed home brewer. That's Cheers okay. It to just all of you other failed home brewers out there, have to try again. Well, um, we have it, to try not in a tiny New York City apartment. <laughs> um, it's funny because I actually was teaching my students, uh, yeah, I guess yesterday about like fermentation, and we were talking about different types of reactions. Um, but a lot of them knew once I said fermentation or like fermenting, they're like, oh yeah, that, like they all knew. I was like, please don't tell me what you are and aren't drinking. I don't need to know. But, um, yeah, so that's how fermentation works. And anything else you want to tell us about how whiskey's made or beer or mm. any other spirits? Not currently. We can get into that after this break. All right. Well, I guess we're taking a break. See you after the That's break. That's right. I call the shots now. <laughs> See you in a bit. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robert Kubiak's Sound Corner. All right. It's almost over. That's it. It's done. That was Robert Kubiak's Sound Corner. Okay, what was the song last week? Uh, or the sound? Uh, the Ballroom Blitz. Ballroom Blitz. I Did believe. you get that right, people? We didn't hear from you. None of you guessed. So uh, maybe this week, guess. What song was that that you just heard? Uh, I think it was called Take It All Away by the Blues Brothers. Oh, I think it was called Take It All Away from the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> and Hermione thinks it was called Take It All Away. You've taken it all away. That's my food, and you've taken it all away. By Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to seamlessly transition here into Caleb's Review Corner in honor of... Uh, World Whiskey Day, I am going to review some of my favorite whiskeys. Uh, the first one I'm going to review is the Tried, Tested, and True Jim Beam. It's not a favorite for some people, but it is the uh, second best-selling whiskey in the world, second only to Jack Daniels for reasons unknown to me. Because, I, I mean, personally... I guess now I'm reviewing Jack Daniels. I think it's fucking terrible, at least for the price point. Like, they're all terrible. Well, yes, I love you, <laughs> but you're all terrible. What's that from? It's Bob's Burgers. Oh. Anyway, Jack Daniels, no. Avoid. No good. Jim Beam, you know, it's tried, it's true. It gets you where you want to be. Tastes like wood. Who cares? Tastes like wood. It, it tastes like wood. It does. But, you know, I love it anyway. On the other end of the scale, we have Booker's, which is also made by the uh, Jim Beam Distilling. Uh, they're not called the Jim Beam Distilling Company. Beam 
Sundry? I don't really know. I can't remember. You've got to remember that right now it's 1241 and I've already been drinking some whiskey and I'm not currently <laughs> sitting in front of my whiskey chart. Uh, however, Booker's is the top of the line whiskey made by the same company. And it is pretty good quality stuff. I think they come out with a couple different expressions every year. It is barrel proof. It usually clocks in between 125 to 130 proof. Uh, it's It's got a bite to it. It certainly has a bite to it, but it's very flavorful, very complex spirit. Uh, it's one of my, if I'm feeling pretty celebratory, it's one of my go-tos, I would say. I enjoy it. I mean, I'm, I'm a bourbon person, for sure. But, uh... I don't know. I just like Booker's. Maybe that's just sort of my brand loyalty to um, Beam. Uh, and also, I guess when I started drinking whiskey, I the the whiskey renaissance really hadn't started yet. Uh, or was just beginning to start, I guess I should say. Because, you know, it's I'm not... 37 so (laughs) I don't want to incriminate myself here uh but yeah and now we're going to talk about one more um it's a little local distillery in uh New York City I actually was uh, a volunteer there for the first summer of living in New York it's called Kings County and um they make good good quality whiskey, I would say. Uh, and that was actually probably the place that I learned the most about the whiskey-making process. What know? did you learn? Well, you know, we talked about distilling, right? Everyone knows about distilling. Everyone knows that this is how alcohol is made. I think something that a lot of people don't think about when they drink a whiskey um, is the blending process, which is so interesting. And I had no, I I really didn't know that much about this. Uh, But each individual barrel of whiskey can turn out to have such a different flavor profile, even if it's from the same day. If it was made, even on the same day, it can still, just sitting in a barrel for four years, even if the barrels are right next to each other. Yeah. it, It just... It is what it is. They can just turn out with totally different flavor profiles. So you have to sit down and you have to taste like a bunch of different whiskeys from a bunch of different barrels. And you have to figure out which of these can I mix together to create that classic flavor profile that I'm looking for. Mm. Um, and I think that's a can be a pretty difficult skill. I don't know that there are that many master whiskey blenders in the industry um they take a blender and they put all the whiskey in it and then they hit blend it's a very big blender is it a very big blender no they just they figure out what barrels they they want to use and then they just dump you dump them all into the same steel vat and mix it up and then you figure out what proof it's at while it's in there and then if you're going to proof it down you proof it down by adding water um, so that's a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty neat to like 
sit down and learn about that stuff. You know, I just, I had no idea that that was a big part of it. But yeah, Kings County Distilling, they make really good whiskey. If you're ever in New York, Brooklyn Navy Yard, go check it out. Highly recommend. Do they do tours? They do tours on Saturdays. At least they did four years ago. Four or five. Yeah. I'm sure they still do. Uh, I think it's I think it's seven dollars for the tour, uh, and with that, they I think they spend about forty five minutes showing you, uh, their operation. They obviously discuss uh, how whiskey is made. They show you their barrel room, and then at the end, I they do a tasting, and I'm pretty sure that that's where the seven dollar fee comes from. Oh. I think you get to try a couple different whiskeys of theirs. Nice. So, um, yeah. Okay, well, maybe the Kings County Distillery will want to sponsor us. Yeah, well... Maybe. Maybe. Sponsor know. us! And uh, while you're at it, if you're not Kings County Distillery, you could sponsor us too. and Or you could send us a voice message. Send yeah, us a voice send message. send us a voice message. Um, Be featured on our podcast. We want to know this week, what is your favorite food to eat while on the go? Ooh, and also, what's your favorite food to eat with your favorite alcohol, since we're talking about alcohol? That, too. What's your favorite food to eat while on the go with a bottle of beer in your hand? What if they don't drink beer? Whatever alcohol you With drink. a bottle of your favorite alcohol. You're right. walking down the street, you have it in your hand, this bottle of alcohol. What food is in your other hand? Ooh. It's probably Taco Bell. Hopefully Let's it's Taco real. Bell and it's like three in the morning. But tell us, please. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the chemistry slash science of beer and whiskey. But Mostly I wanted to whiskey. talk about wine because I feel like wine is my spirit. Um, spirit. <laughs> Maybe that was insensitive, but I thought think that was a fun play on words um so let's talk about the chemistry of wine um it all i didn't know this i like looked this up but chemist the chemistry of wine like how they actually make the alcohol it, it is a fermentation reaction as well but there's a lot more that goes into it um that i didn't know so there's a couple different steps that you would have to follow if you were gonna take some grapes and make them into um some Drunk juice, as I like to call it. So you have to harvest your grapes, and it you got to harvest them at the right time um, because if they don't have the right compounds in the correct, um, like, concentrations, then for the style of wine that you want, then you're not going to get a wine that's, you know, If you, what you harvest want. them too late, they get a little whiny. <laughs> And we're going to keep track, keep cracking some terrible but wonderful puns. So after you harvest them, you have to crush them and destem them. Has anyone else seen that Grape Stomp Lady video? Um, maybe we'll put a link in the episode description. It is so funny. Caleb, can you find it so we can play some audio from it? Of course. Grape Stomp Lady. This video is so funny and I frequently quote it because it's hilarious. So while Caleb's getting that video, you have to crush the grapes and often people will um 
what people will do is they'll like stomp on them to crush them and also like you have to destem them and when you actually um are crushing them sometimes what they'll do is they'll add sulfur dioxide to the grapes to prevent oxidation um which is like basically a change in the charge but we're not going to get into that oxidation is why we die um I mean, basically, yeah, like it's just slow oxidation. You but, want to know what um, oxidation sounds like in your cells? This here's is Grape Stomp Lady. Like. It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop. Oh, 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 Okay, so what you missed in that video is like there's like 30 seconds of this li- this reporter who's like stomping on the grapes with this lady and that she like starts to stomp really hard after they call time because it's a competition and she's trying to like get a couple more stomps in and then she trips and falls out of this like bucket and then she just goes i would like to mention that the bucket is on like a three foot platform (laughs) why it is we don't know also falls off of (laughs) um so don't be grape stomp lady if you're gonna crush your grapes um then um we're talking about oxidation i was talking about oxidation which basically is just a change in the charge of um an element um, but you also will use enzymes, like I was mentioning earlier, they're catalysts, and they can break down actually the cell walls of your grapes, and that will actually release a lot of the juice. Um, so before you actually ferment them, you have to press the juice, so get all of that juice out, um, and it will depend on the different type of wine that you're going to be making, but it, you always are going to like actually squeeze the grapes. Um then you're, you're like you'll filter it out because like basically you're gonna have all this like grape pulp and you don't want that you just want the liquid so you'll like filter it or centrifuge it which will separate it out these are all chemistry methods of separation then you'll ferment which we said like we already talked about that same type of thing and then you're gonna want to purify it so anything that's solid in there or microorganisms that um, were like involved because you did add yeast to this um, you remove them with a bunch of different processes um, and I mentioned some of those but basically like you purify it and then um, you know there's a lot of different compounds that are actually in the grapes that you're isolating essentially so um, here are some of those because these are fun chemistry words you get some carbohydrates, that's like your sugars. Alcohols, that's the important one, the one that you're drinking, ethanol. Um, and there's some like glycerol and um, a tiny bit of methanol sometimes. Methanol is poisonous, don't drink it. Um, and also super flammable, so if you ever have methanol, be really careful. Um, there's also organic acids, which are a long chain of carbons, and then you have a double-bonded oxygen and 
a single bonded oxygen with an H attached to that. So you have a bunch of different organic acids that are here. Um, that provides the um, acidic flavor of a lot of wines. And also it's what keeps the pH around four for a lot of wines. So a lot of wines, as I was looking up, actually have pHs around like 3.8 or four, um, somewhere around there. And there's lots of different minerals depending on the process that you're using. Those will provide... Um, you know, like minerally flavors, like in um, different white wines. Like my favorite wine is a Riesling, and one of the best parts about it is like the minerally flavor. What's your favorite kind of wine, Caleb? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'd have to say April 25th. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, if you drink wine on April 25th, you won't remember the rest of the year. And that's just fabulous in my opinion <laughs> um so to wrap up talking about wine um i think it's important that you realize that and i think this is true of like everything everything is made of chemicals we're made of chemicals you're made of chemicals your mom is made of chemicals everything is made of chemicals and wine especially is Did you just say your mom is made of chemicals <laughs> yeah i'm a middle schooler all over again um Wine is made of, you know, several chemicals, and there's a lot of chemicals that account for the flavor and account for all the different properties of wine. And I think that um, it's important to understand that because society likes to be afraid of chemicals and think that anything, anything that has a, an ingredient or part of it that we don't know how to pronounce or that we've never heard of, that that must mean that it's bad for us, and that's just simply not the case. Wine is great for you. It can promote um, heart health. It can um, lower stress. Like there's a lot of benefits to drinking wine, like a glass of wine at dinner every night. Um, so don't be afraid of chemicals. Yes, there are several chemicals that you should be afraid of, but most of the ones that people are saying that you should be afraid of, you don't need to be afraid of. All right. That's true. I will tell you what my favorite wine is. Ooh. I love, I love a good red wine. I like my red wines to be off dry. Uh, I feel like Cab Savs are like the stereotypical like, Cabernet Sauvignon that everyone loves. Um, but I also love a good Pinot Noir or Merlot even. Oh, can you can you please find that? I want us that song to take us into a break. Um, if you've never seen Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, the um, yeah, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you should watch that. It's amazing, and one of my favorite characters makes a music video about Pinot Noir, and hopefully, we're about to listen to it as we go to a break.
Welcome back, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that ode to black penis. <laughs> Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir, Myanmar, Burma, and Mars. Roseanne Barr. Is that Spectacular. one Spectacular. <laughs> What's your favorite rhyme with Pinot Noir? Send us a voice message. Let us know. Well, yes, please. But if we're sending all these voice messages, please make sure that you uh, tell us what you're responding to. <laughs> yeah, we might forget. Quite true. Uh, so now I'm going to tell you a fun fact about wine. And that is that Italy has some interesting wine laws. Oh, what are those? Well, they uh, have four different levels of wine quality that they produce. Okay. And... Uh, the laws surrounding this basically, from what I understood, talk about um, where the grapes come from. Okay. But it's interesting to note that it is legal to not operate within this set of laws. So, like, the first quality, the, like, bottom tier quality of wines is basically, like, table wine. And then you get a step above that. And then, like... Italian wines that most wine stores sell is called the DOC wines. Um, And that's like the third tier level. And then the top tier is the DOCG wines. But it really just has to do with where the grapes come from, at least from what I've read. Uh, But I have also learned that it is perfectly legal to not even worry about these wine laws. I think you have to follow them if you want your wine to be specifically categorized into one of these labels. But if you don't want to, if you just want to operate outside of that, it's perfectly okay to. Oh, interesting. So it's like illegal, but like you're allowed to do it? It's not illegal. It's legal. It's just that you're not going to get that specific... uh, It's like the bottled and bond thing for whiskey. Mm. But for Italian wines. Um, But yeah, I don't know. There's other interesting things. I guess I said that my favorite wine was red wine, but I do enjoy certain white wines as well. Mm. Uh, I I tend to s- stay away from the sweeter wines these days. They don't they don't really do it. Yeah, I feel like as when me. I was in college, I used to be able to like pregame with an entire bottle of like barefoot Moscato in like five minutes and be like well i'm ready to go but like and that wine was so sweet i could handle that at like 19 um but not anymore i like i i I need my wine to be more adult i guess (laughs) like i really need it to not be like i need it to be semi-sweet or like dry because i can't deal with all that sugar anymore did you know that in the Middle Ages, the greatest and most innovative winemakers were monastic orders? What does that mean? The Catholics. Oh. Is anyone surprised? No, they're not. <laughs> Catholics love to drink. It's yeah, true. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say much more on that. But um, can we talk about vodka for a second? Ooh, vodka. I love anything that's made from potatoes. So how do they get it from potatoes? Tell me about that. They take a glass bottle, 
And then they shove the potato in. Oh, and then just let it sit there, and then it makes the yes, vodka? but it has to happen in the frozen Russian climate. If the potato is not frozen solid, it will not turn into vodka. If it does not have the cold blood of Russia running through its roots, it, it will not make the purest vodka. It will <laughs> It will not do it. Okay? Do you understand? All right. Okay. Um, shout out to one of our favorite vodka drinkers, Monica. And shout out to when you hear from some Russian people on our podcast next week because we've been hacked. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There is no Russian collusion in this podcast. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) But maybe in the future. They're coming for us now. So, okay, again, like with all alcohols, here's some of the chemistry side of it. Again, you're going to do a fermentation and um, specifically for most vodkas you get about 16% alcohol solution when you take um, your grain your like cereal grains or potatoes to make your vodka and then you're going to distill and filter it to remove most of the impurities and you can get the concentration of the alcohol up to like 96% and then you're going to dilute it with water down to approximately 40 depending on whatever the proof of the alcohol is so if you don't know what proof is you might not know proof is double the percentage of alcohol so if i have 100 percent alcohol which will kill me that would be 200 proof um so have you ever had everclear no i have not oh me neither what proof is everclear like 175 it depends um or is it on where you get it from because some places don't allow you to have... You can get Everclear that's 190 proof. I think that's the highest yeah, you mean, can get it. But it's not legal in some places. So some places sell it for the literal literal highest alcohol like percentage that you can get. But I think the Midwest where it's made, you can get 190 proof Everclear. But why on earth you would do that God, to yourself? that's just basically poison. I mean, honestly. It's just going to burn as it goes down your throat. Um so no thanks but um yeah your alcohol is diluted with water um in so we talked about the like filtration but i just learned that vodka you can a lot of the filtration will happen with activated charcoal to remove impurities um but more like traditionally like that sounds like it's newer but more traditionally they would just like do more accurate distillation to get rid of those impurities and by impurities um one of them is methanol which like we talked about earlier not something that you really want to like ingest but like it would be a very tiny amount impurity which like is not going to kill you or like propanol which it has an extra carbon methanol has one less carbon than ethanol um and a couple less hydrogens but cheaper brands of vodka will have more of these impurities and that makes it like taste worse. So that's why like getting like higher end, they actually are better distilling them, which t- costs more money because, you know, money to like heat this up and get rid of the impurities, etc. and actually like make it good. It's going to cost money to do that. So the ones that are more expensive, it's because of a reason to get rid of those impurities. There's so many interesting um, things about vodka, too. There's so many, like, 
rumors about vodka brands and how they're just like like I always heard that like Popov vodka was just like the extra Smirnoff that like they were just trying to get rid of so they just would bottle it under a different label and sell it for cheaper but it's basically the same thing which who knows if any of that's true it's probably well and if you're drinking Burnett's i.e. Burnasty <laughs> um please you're... don't bring that up I want to vomit Thank yeah me it. too so that is the worst of the worst never drink it it's not even that much cheaper than like regular vodka like vodka's not expensive a fucking like bottle of Burnett's is like only five dollars cheaper than like a bottle of decent vodka not worth it because Burnett's is something I didn't know when I was in college and taking shot after shot after shot of vodka weren't we all is that the Russians drink huge cups of vodka but they chase it with pickles and pickle juice which is apparently the way to do it they just oh. do it, do them as pickled back shots and there's just something about the the pickled juice just completely kills that flavor huh. makes it easy it's also something pickle back shots i guess are pretty popular with whiskey too yeah but, i think it um, probably just balances out the flavor yeah i guess but so. i know several people who don't like pickles and they're wrong! Are Just they kidding. Russian? No. Well, there you go. Um, all right. So speaking of, we talked a lot about alcohol. We know some fictional characters who drink lots of alcohol. Yes. Who are they? Uh, well, one of them is named Jon Snow. He doesn't really drink and... that much. Well. I would say Cersei drinks way more than he okay, does. Okay, fine. You know what? What's her name? Who's the actress? Lena Hetty? Lena had I thought it was Hetty. Yeah, sure. I think it's Lena Hetty. I don't know. She basically got paid a million dollars an episode to stand on a balcony and drink wine. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, fantastic for her. They had a huge party where everyone was drinking at Winterfell. Yeah, it's Lena Hetty. Yeah, she got paid so much money. Can you guess how old she is? 807. No. You don't know that. She's 45, and she was born in Bermuda. Did her plane, her parents' plane crash there? I don't know, perhaps. Um, So, anyway, speaking of Game of Thrones. We're now going to tell you what our Game of Thrones predictions are, which is fun for us, because by the time this episode comes out, the episode of Game of Thrones will have already aired. Yeah, so let's come up with our ridiculous theories. Oh, my only theory is that Khaleesi marries Jack Sparrow. Ooh, my theory... That show has really gone off the rails. Oh, by the way, um, if you have not watched Game of Thrones up until the penultimate episode or the second to last episode of season eight... Uh, maybe you want to skip ahead because we're going to probably spoil And by spoil skip ahead, things. we mean probably just quit because uh, we're pretty much done after this. <laughs> um, here come the spoilers. Okay, so, so I don't think... Spoilers ahead. I don't think that... Um, I'm really upset with you. Why? You didn't, you didn't catch my Parks and Rec reference. What was your Parks and Rec reference? That Khaleesi marries Jack Sparrow. Oh, sorry. It's part of season seven of Parks and Rec. You're right. Um, Disappointment. Sorry. Well, here is my prediction that may or may not be true. 
So I don't think that Cersei and Jaime have actually died. I think that they're going to rise from the rubble of the fallen whatever fell on them. And um, Cersei's going to kill some bitches. What do you think is going to happen? I'm pretty sure they're dead. But I think that Jaime is going to come back as the Night King. Oh, that's a hot take. I think that... um, Jon Snow is not going to kill Daenerys. I think that Daenerys is going to kill herself. Ooh, plot twist. I think that Euron Greyjoy is going to float all the way around the island of Westeros and his body is going to go haunt all of the other Greyjoys on the Iron Islands. Oh. I think that Tyrion is going to trip and fall and die. But Arya somehow survives on being trampled by 75 buildings and getting away from the fire of dragons, but everyone else died. Um, I think that Arya is dead. I think she died a long time ago. I think that the character of Arya is actually the Night an King, ancient god. I think that uh, how would this little girl become uh, one of the faceless ones? I think that she is one of the faces. Mm. She's the primary face of whatever god runs this, whatever it is. Hmm. Well, I don't have any more predictions, but I do know I that do. it's either going to be really good or it's going to be really bad. Uh, a legitimate prediction for me. Here's what I actually think is going to happen. I think that Jon Snow is going to be eaten by a dragon. Ooh. A dragon or the only dragon left? Because there's only one. Yeah, Drogon. that's why I said a dragon. Oh, a dragon. I can say a dragon because we all understand that there's only one left. (laughs) All right. Okay. Anything else you want to say about alcohol or Game of Thrones? Uh, I drink because I know things. Yes, I do have something I want to say. With this upcoming... Well, I guess it doesn't matter. It's already happened. But I hope you were very drunk during the episode because it probably was terrible. Okay. Well... From us at Just Whatever, we hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we hope that... If it's Monday morning, and you're listening to us talk about alcohol, we're very sorry. Yeah, hopefully you're not hungover listening to this episode. Um, Sign up for our email list. The link is in our episode description, so you can get emails every week to let let you know that our new episode has dropped. And subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Where is it falling from? Uh Uh-huh. The episode, you said it's going to drop. Yeah, it's falling from from heaven because it's so great. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) We will see you next time. Goodbye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Just Whatever with Jamie and Caleb. 
You should check us out on Twitter and Instagram at JustWhateverPod. New episodes every Monday. Every Monday. Every Monday. Listen, tell a friend. Sponsor us. Tell your cat. Let your cat listen while you're not home. Bye. Beep, 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 You've been listening to Caleb and Jamie. Beep. <laughs>